But let's continue our series tonight through Ephesians. By returning to Ephesians chapter 6, we are now in our, that portion of our Bible which most comprehensively speaks of the armor of God. Let's read verses 10 through 18 again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now we've already covered verses 10 through 13. Time will not allow a full recap, but suffice to say the bottom line is this. We are in a spiritual battle. And to fight the good fight of faith, we cannot fight that battle in the power of our flesh. We need God's strength. We need the power of His might. We need to put on the whole armor of God if we are going to stand against the wiles of the devil in an increasingly evil day. I don't think I need to convince you tonight that we live in an evil day and that it's getting worse. Last week, we began looking at the armor of God in verse 14, where we read we need to have our loins girt about with truth. Truth is the Word of God. Now, we'll see in verse 17 that the Word of God is also called the sword of the Spirit. But here we find the Word of God as our protective measure, as protection. The Word of God will be an offensive weapon at times, At other times, it'll be our protection. And this is having our loins girt about with truth. It protects the core of who we are. It's truth which binds us together. It's truth that we need to encompass us at our core. And without the consistency of truth, people will fall to the adversary. We considered last week our need to be rooted in the truth of God's Word and to be planted in a good church that preaches the Bible, where truths are not compromised. Without truth, chaos ensues. Deception increases. Just look around at America today. Like never before, we are watching as the Old Testament prophetic books become alive to our situations here today. Hosea 4, 1-3 through says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood toucheth blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish. America has forsaken God more and more with each passing generation. 
And now we're beginning to see what happens to a people when they forsake God. We are beginning to see the crop that comes up when we tell God, we don't want you in our schools. We don't want you in our government. And we're now beginning to see all of this come to fruition. It is now very clear to our eyes that if we don't turn to God, it's going to wax worse and worse. Say, well, the Bible says that's going to happen in the last days anyway. I understand that, but I'm still hoping for a revival. And so things are happening because we have forsaken the God of this Bible. So far through 2020, it's been just a strange year. And there still hasn't been a crying out to God. There's no turning to truth. Not at the national level. After 9-11, after the attacks that day in 2001, some of you may remember Congress spontaneously singing God Bless America. Both sides of the aisle. I'm not here to debate whether or not it was heartfelt, but at least it meant something to me at the time. At least there was an understanding that we need God to bless. But here we are now dealing with a virus outbreak to which the response has tanked our economy. Ongoing racial protest. And our cities are being burned and looted. But where are the cries for God to bless? Where's the desire for truth? It would seem there's not a whole lot of truth in our land. But there are a lot of good churches in America still. Praise God. It would seem like there's not a lot. And without truth, hypocrisy abounds. Who can tell what is truth and what isn't? We now have this phrase, fake news. What's fake and what's not? I was having a conversation with someone and said, for every, for every point you make, I can find an article that makes the exact opposite point in a legitimate, quote-unquote, news source. I want you to allow me tonight to just make some observations. I want to take this service to contrast truth and hypocrisy. It's an unintended deviation from our text here. It'll be, for some of you at first, you'll think it's extra biblical, but stay with me. I'm going to tie it back in. I'm not against the First Amendment of our Constitution. Amen? It's the First Amendment which guarantees the right for any people to assemble peacefully. It's the same amendment that guarantees our right to freely exercise our faith. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Just as I am for my right to assemble as a church body, I'm for the rights of others to protest peacefully. I just hate the hypocrisy which comes along with it right now. Where's truth? For example, I don't know how many of you caught this, 
But the Supreme Court, in a 5-4 to four decision at the end of May, rejected an emergency appeal to deal with California's church's challenge to COVID-19 limits on gathering size. John Roberts, once again, sided with the liberal justices. And frankly, I think he needs to stop being referred to as a conservative justice. The South Bay United Pentecostal Church in Chula Vista, California, which is in the San Diego area, argued that the limits on how many people can attend their services violated constitutional religious freedom. Roberts wrote in his opinion that the restriction allowing churches to reopen at 25% of their capacity with no more than 100 worshipers at a time appeared consistent with the First Amendment. First of all, the very fact that a Supreme Court justice would say that churches are being allowed to reopen right there proves that the amendment to the Constitution is not being used. We're rendering the Constitution ineffective. Robert said similar or more severe limits apply to concerts, movies, sporting events where large groups of people gather in close proximity for extended periods of time. I don't know what that has to do with the First Amendment. I didn't know we were guaranteed a right to go to the movie theater. Now, with that in mind, let's suppose the governor of California said to the current protesters, You can protest, but you must do so in crowds of 100 or less. Now let's suppose that those same protesters say, wait a minute, I have a First Amendment right. And they decide to file a lawsuit and it makes its way to an appeal to the Supreme Court to decide whether or not their rights are being infringed upon. How do you think Roberts and the other four liberal judges would rule in that situation? Would they still say this seemed consistent with the Constitution? Would they say their constitutional rights were not being infringed upon if they were told they could only gather in limits of 100 or less? And by the way, some of the protests there have swelled into the thousands. And they're not staying six feet apart. I'm just highlighting when there's no truth, hypocrisy abounds. How is it that just over a week ago, in certain places we were being told, if they gather to protest the COVID lockdowns, then they were endangering the lives of others for gathering together in a crowd. But yet protest crowds against racial inequality somehow are not in violation of that same kind of thinking. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo slammed those gathering to protest coronavirus lockdown measures without masks, saying, you have no right to jeopardize my health. And he said, you're being reckless and irresponsible. I want to ask you, where's the same rebuke for the crowds who are protesting the police? Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir once said that the highly contagious nature of the virus means gatherings must be halted completely, regardless of the reason. When it came to Easter weekend, he said this, any individual that's going to go to a mass gathering of any type that we know about this weekend, we are going to record license plates and provide it to local health departments. And then local health departments are going to come to your door with an order for you to be quarantined for 14 days. If you're going to expose yourself to this virus and you make that decision to do it, it's not fair to everybody else out there that you might spread it to. 
This is just an example of personal responsibility, end quote. Now, I don't hear the same threats from the Kentucky governor right now. Where's his rhetoric now? And I could mention state after state where governors were once adamant about social distancing requirements, but now you don't hear a word about it. I didn't know the cure to fix social distancing was to riot. What was the truth? What was the truth about COVID-19? If we're going to protest that our liberties are being taken away and we're being told that we're endangering others and yet you can protest police brutality and they're not being told that they're endangering others, where's the truth? It's hypocrisy with no truth. How is it that just over a week ago, business owners were being arrested and fined if they opened their business back up amid the COVID-19 lockdowns, but now businesses can be burned down And if the poor police try to step in, they're branded as racist. How is it the vandals, the looters, the arsonists are considered the outliers of a largely peaceful protest, yet a few bad police officers are enough to condemn the entire police force in our nation? Where's the truth? I'm all for the right for the people to protest right now, and you want my personal opinion. I think Mr. Floyd should not have died. I do not agree with what that police officer did. I think he was wrong. But if a few bad protesters aren't enough to condemn the riots, then a few bad police officers shouldn't be enough to condemn all police. I wonder how those feel who lost their business, lost their job, lost their savings, had to go into debt in order to survive through this lockdown that now seems completely irrelevant as they watch footage of everybody else crowding together in some places in the thousands without any regard of any mandate to social distancing, and they've got to be standing there going, wait a minute, I've lost my business over this. Where's the truth? We're living in an increasingly evil day. We're seeing what happens when truth is forsaken in the land. I can tell by some you hear sermons like this and you think it has nothing to do with the Bible, but you need to rethink that. Because this is exactly, exactly the kind of thing God told the Old Testament prophets to cry out against in their day. They were largely proclaiming a message of how a lack of truth resulted in injustice in the land. And how wrong judgments were proceeding, permeating the land, just like we're seeing in America today. Many have been conditioned to believe that there's this mandated separation between church and state. Therefore, one doesn't have anything to do with the other. But I want to tell you, they are intertwined in God's eyes. And in our founders, for that matter. Our text is clear in verse 12 that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And remember, these are governmental terms. The unrest we see in our government is spiritual in nature. And in most of the prophets, we read of this issue of government forsaking truth and becoming hypocritical and God's displeasure in that. Isaiah 59.14 says, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. 
or truth is fallen in the street, equity cannot enter. Jeremiah 9.24, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I'm the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Lamentations 4.13, For the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests that have shed the blood of the just in the midst of her. Ezekiel 18.25, Yet ye say, the way of the Lord is not equal. Here now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal? Are not your ways unequal? Daniel 4.37, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth, His ways judgment, and those that walk in pride He is able to abase. I already read this, but Hosea 4.1, Hear the word of the Lord. Ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Amos 5.15, Hate the evil and love the good, and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Jonah 1.2, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Micah 3.9 Hear this, I pray you, ye heads of the house of Jacob and princes of the house of Israel, that abhor judgment and pervert all equity. Nahum 3.1 Woe to the bloody city, it is full of lies and robbery, and pray departeth not. P-R-E-Y Habakkuk 1.4 Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Zephaniah 3.3 Her princes within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves. They gnaw to the bones till the morrow. Zechariah 7.9 Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. Malachi 2.17 Ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, Wherein have we wearied Him? When ye say, Every one that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delighteth in them, or where is the God of judgment? And that's all the prophetic books but two. Obadiah and Joel. All those prophets came with a message. There is no truth in the land. There is no judgment. There is no equity. And God was upset with it. Clearly, God is angered when right judgments are not passed. When truth is forsaken, when there's no equity in a nation. And just look around our country right now. This is what happens when we are not girt about with truth at the national level. Jeremiah 7, 26-28 says, Yet they hearken not unto me, nor incline their ear, but they harden their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they will not answer thee. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. And I wanted to tell you tonight that as this nation continues to reject Christ, the only thing which will get us through these days of hypocrisy, through these days of truth falling in the street, is if you and I become a people of the book. Now how many of you know the purpose of Deuteronomy? 
many of you know why God sent Malachi? What? How many of you know the book? We're living in a day where the prophets of old, their message is still ringing true. I don't care how many hundreds of years ago it was. It is still true today because it's the living Word of God. And yet we're not in it. We're not reading it. We're not studying it. And if we would just get in there and realize what we're up against, I want to tell you the only thing that's going to get us through this is if we get grounded in God's Word. Truth is stable. Truth is unwavering. Truth doesn't fear. Truth cannot lie. Truth cannot be hypocritical. And it's God's Word which is a stabilizing force in our life. As we look at everything around us that is wrong, as we look at everything around us that's a result of rejecting truth, you and I, I want to encourage you tonight to tell you this, listen, we can have peace. We can have peace which passes all understanding. Because we can be a people of the Bible. It's to be our core. As the world continues to forsake truth, we can stand on this solid book. It doesn't change. Hallelujah. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if His Word and what He said through the Old Testament prophets in days of old, if He said it then, His heart is the same today. Do you have your loins girt about with truth? If not, you'll be tossed around during these unstable days. On Christ the solid rock I'll stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Let's be a people of truth. Let's gird our loins with truth. Let's know the truth and the truth will make you free. And he who is free is free indeed. And then, no matter how the world turns, and by the way, it's been worse than this. Amen. Whichever way the world goes, we'll be anchored at our core. It is that kind of tether. It is that kind of anchor that when the martyrs were being faced with the decision, do I go to the stake and die for Christ or do I reject truth Because they were anchored to the core with truth, they went forward singing to their death. We need to stay anchored to God's Word tonight. Amen. So how's your your Bible studies? Are you in the book? Are you memorizing? Are you meditating? Are you studying? To so many people, this is just man's word. But I want to tell you, this is what's going to get you through. I have a hope steadfast and sure that cannot move. And I weep for what my children will face one day. Unless we turn back to truth. I pray it'd start right here at Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. God would ricochet a move throughout this country that would bring us to our knees in repentance. Let's be a people of the book.